Welcome to CompTIA Community Cast. This episode is brought to you by CompTIA's Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity Community. Welcome, everybody. This is an Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity Community podcast. We're here to help tech professionals thrive in the industry while supporting uh, technology organizations in their quest for a competitive advantage by leveraging a skilled workforce, diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies, uh, positioning them for business growth and culture transformation. I'm Yvette Steele, and I get to lead this awesome community. Thank you for tuning us in today, and you are about to enjoy an engaging discussion that helps maximize your productivity through unpredictable times. So with me today are two industry leaders, Carl Polachuk, owner of Small Business Thoughts, and Caroline Smith, owner DataWorks Consulting. They'll share insights on the best ways to help employees deliver the best value, the role of company culture, and the importance of embracing new possibilities. But before we dive in, let me kick this off by letting our listeners get to know you a little better. So please introduce yourselves and let's start with you, Caroline. Hello, my name is Caroline Smith, and as Yvette said, I own DataWorks Consulting. We are a managed service provider in the Seattle, Washington area. Um, and a little bit about myself is uh, I've been running an IT service provider since 2002, so I've been in the industry a long time. Uh, I have two daughters that are um, 13 and 10, and a wonderful dog named Arlo. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I never knew all of that about you. Carl, um, let's get to know you. Hello. Uh, so I'm Carl Polichuk, and I started Small Biz Thoughts uh, basically to help IT consultants be better at the business side of their business. Prior to doing this, I um, ran two managed service businesses, built and sold them, and uh, I've written several books to help IT consultants <clears throat> be better at the business part of their business. Wow, uh, thank you for sharing that, I appreciate that. That certainly helps me get to know you both a little bit better too. So um, let me begin by exploring the shift from business as usual uh, to times of uncertainty. So that may come with a sudden pivot in business models where business leaders and staff need to make adjustments to stay afloat, uh, which cause stress, anxiety, and, and even burnout. So uh, Carl, let's talk about practices uh, you've seen to be effective to maintain mental health, morale, and productivity of employees? Well, there's a lot to that question. I'd say on the mental health part, the, the biggest piece is to remember that, you know, when we work with people, um, the people haven't changed just because they went home. And you're just going to see a slightly different side of their personality. You know, there's, when you think about somebody on a, a podcast versus on the stage, which we just talked about before we got on the air, you know, you see a slightly different view of people. And when people are at home, it's the same way. And you have to remember that you need to work with your employees uh, and help them to feel comfortable in this new situation. So the, the mental health piece is largely amount, uh, a part of just helping them to settle in and feel like this really is a normal way of doing business. Uh, especially if they haven't worked remotely before. Um, in terms of morale and productivity, I think that all comes down to communication, right? So 
one of the things that people always talk about is, you know, maintaining your culture. And the best way to do that is this kind of a Zoom get together. You know, you should meet with each one of your employees as often as you can and meet with the group a minimum of once a week. Um, because that's how you keep them talking to each other and maintain the culture piece, which is the hardest part to work on remotely. Thank you, Carl. That is some sound advice. Um, one of the practices that we're certainly doing uh, here in Coptia as well. Um, Caroline, do you have anything you'd like to add to uh, Carl's insights? Uh, one of the things that we've been doing as well at my office is having some um, chats outside of work stuff. We have a couple, um, a couple of us are playing Animal Crossing in the evening. So we'll get on Teams and talk about what our, our island is looking like. It's a Nintendo Switch game. So trying to remember that it's just because we might be just chatting with someone on Teams or on Slack and just trying to do quick uh, messages back and forth that you know some we need to also have those water cooler conversations outside of that as well. Awesome. Um, that's good to know. Thank you. So, um, Caroline, I'm going to pose the next question uh, with you. In today's climate, there's seemingly no clear end in sight of a return to the um, to the way things were before COVID-19. So what might the new normal look like for technology businesses, say, six months from now? And how can we prepare for it? So, you know, I, I wish I had a complete crystal ball and I could tell everyone what it is, but I'll tell you some of my thoughts about going through, through this. I think um, a lot of people are really scared right now. The uncertainty is very unsettling. And I think as a leader and manager is to make sure that um, you're there for your staff members to make sure that they are feeling your confidence in that as well. But remembering also that you're human as well. Um, again, if I'm having a bad day, there'll be times I talk to my employees and say, you know, today's a hard one for me today. You know, this and this is happening and being able to be honest and upfront about my feelings as well to kind of also make that a bit of a normal for the, for them um, as well. Other things on how we can prepare for it. Um, I think a lot of companies were kind of taken abreast by, oh my goodness, let's send everyone home. So we were kind of, uh, I know as a technology company, just kind of getting people uh, for our clients in place so they can work from home. And now that we've kind of gotten the baseline done, then also taking a step back, you know, did we do everything securely? Is there anything other security measures that we need to take for our own companies, also for our clients as well? Um, also, what other technology may make this easier, you know? Uh, for years and years, we've seen go to the cloud, go to the cloud. And I know a lot of my customers, some of the small businesses are, are sometimes resistant. I think this also gives opportunities to talk about why the cloud is, uh, is good for them right now, instead of having you know, a server in their, uh, their office. Got it. Uh, thank you. Um, so, Carl, let me ask you a quick question, just piggybacking off of what Caroline said. Um, what advice are you giving to your clients now about this? Well, it's interesting because I think six months from now, there'll be a lot of analysis about what worked and what didn't. And, and I think 
several people will start talking about how do we build the new normal. You know, two different uh, categories of, of discussion, I think, are important. One is the people. Um, you know, there are people who will do well remotely, and there are people who will not do well remotely. And there'll be people who are somewhere in the middle. Uh, you know, some of us like to be managed. Some employees just don't do well <laughs> without you looking over their shoulder. Uh, I've always been a hands-off kind of manager. So for me, the remote thing is very easy. You know, I travel a lot. And uh, even before this, you know, I was on the road for three weeks solid before I came home and on my way home, sent an email to my employees saying, do not come into the office until further notice. So uh, even we've had three months more than everybody else to be isolated from each other. But that is kind of the way we operate. And so when you think about it long term, if you're going to stay remote, you need to have processes, procedures, and employees in place to make that work. And if you don't have the right employees, that may be an opportunity for some change. Um, on the other hand, a lot, there's a lot of those people in the middle who can be trained to work remotely and can do an amazing job of it. So don't just get rid of everybody who's not a stellar performer uh, in this little trial period. Um, and I said there's two categories of topics. The other one is the technology itself. So we sent everybody home. And again, there's kind of three categories. There's people who bought brand new equipment and took it home with them and everything works perfectly. And there's people who went home and started using their eight-year-old junk, <laughs> right? Trying to hook that up to the internet and make it work. And they're very dissatisfied with the experience. And then you have people who are somewhere in the middle and so we're going to have waves of availability of upgrades right now. I literally just finished talking to some people in my uh, Small Biz Thoughts community of how people can't get laptops, they can't get webcams, they can't get microphones. And so, you know, we will have waves of those things becoming available and clients saying, well, I don't want to pay $3,000 for a desktop, right? Uh, and so... You know, there, there's a lot of the technology that we're going to have to deal with. And to the extent that some offices stay permanently remote, there's going to be a new normal that evolves in terms of how, not only how you train your people, but what you expect with regard to equipment. And I, I don't know, Carolyn, if you've seen uh, shortages of equipment or had difficulty with people working from home. Absolutely. Definitely shortages of equipment. Um, trying to get laptops in for people to work remote has, has been difficult um, as well. Yes. Um, wow. That's definitely um, some food for thought and, you know, giving us some, you know, some forward thinking um, possibilities here. So uh, thank you all for that. Um, Carl, I'm going to ask you uh, the next question. Let's start with you. Um, what about the technology workforce? Uh, what's the new normal look like for them? And what should their focus be right now? Well, I think that, you know, one of the big things that's going to happen is we're going to see a group of people who are coming into their first new jobs in technology as remote workers. And that's really something we haven't done before. There's very few companies have been 100% remote from the get-go. And so when you think about somebody who's a new hire, 
maybe they worked at a big corporation or whatever, and now they're going to come to work for a small IT company um, to be able to say, okay, here's your training, do this, this, this. We do have to figure out processes and procedures to make them feel like they're part of the team, that they're contributing, you know, to our success and that they're doing things consistently. Uh, I, I'm a huge believer in processes and procedures, right? So I'm, I'm always doing the SOP videos and this and that. Uh, and part of it is we have to figure out how do you bring somebody on 100% remote from the get-go and, you know, achieve all of the goals you had in place before. It absolutely can be done. Um, but for all the talk we've had of moving to the cloud for the last 15 years, most people didn't do it until three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, uh, those are some very interesting points. Thanks for sharing. When leading uh, versus managing through high pressure, high stakes circumstances with managing uh, defined as addressing the urgent needs of the present and leading uh, being defined as focusing on what's likely to come next and readying for that, um, you know, seeing beyond the immediate to anticipate uh, the next three or four obstacles. Um, in your opinion, um, what might those three to four obstacles be, Caroline? Um, so as for having the workforce remote, I think we touched on a few of those obstacles. You know, what kind of equipment do we need to get upgraded so that people are successful? Uh, as a managed service provider, we get calls in daily. This is slow. This is slow. And, you know, it's that eight-year-old Windows 8 machine that, that's what we can get to them right now, or that's what they're using right now. So I think those that's one of those obstacles, trying to make sure that we can get the, the equipment in to make people feel successful in it. No one likes to sit and watch the spinning go round and round and round. Um, a, another, um, I think for kind of, for leading your team as well, again, being there for them, talking them through this. I think uh, a lot of us in management and leadership positions have been putting our counselor hats on more than we ever have had to in the past and not even much about work counseling. You know, what, what, what are career paths for me? It's, you know, I'm going to kill my kids today because, you know, they're, they're running around and they're high energy and they don't have any place to go for some of this stuff too. And trying to meet their needs on the human side of it more so than some of the interactions I've ever had in the past with some of my employees. Um, also, I think articulating the plan that you have to the team, it might not be the one that is going to stick but being honest with them, because in the long run, that what they're going to remember is the honesty behind it and not so much if it panned out or did not pan out and the reasons why. Um, wow, uh, you've certainly given our audience a lot to consider. And uh, Carl, I, I, can, I can tell that you've got some stuff that you'd like to add to that. So uh, please, please share. Well, I agree with uh, what Caroline just said. And, and the, I'd say the, the main thing that I would put some focus on is that counselor piece. Uh, supporting and building your culture going forward is always important. And I think it's more important and maybe a little more difficult in this environment than it has been in the past. 
you know, I, I always use Starbucks as my example of, you know, when I put in new processes and procedures, part of how I reinforce those is what I call the chatter in my office. I want all the technicians to talk to each other in terms of, did you put your time in the system? But did you log your hours? Did you document your work? Did you close that ticket, right? I want them always chattering about that the way that, you know, when you go into Starbucks, there's a certain way that the baristas talk to each other and call out orders and so forth. That's a very intentional chatter going on. And it's a very different experience than when you go through the drive-in. And so we're kind of going to be <laughs> in drive-in mode going forward. So how do you get your employees to have that kind of ongoing chatter where they support each other and build the culture and build the SOPs that really are your branding? You know, when you think about branding, I, I like to say branding is every single thing you do. It's not your logo. It's the way you greet people, the way you talk to people, the way your employees talk to your clients. You still have to figure out how to build that culture from the top down and make sure that it's consistent. And that's a bit of a chore when everybody's remote. Uh, you know, one of the things that we have today that I think we're lucky to be in the technology industry a whole lot of people are used to being on, you know, chat channels all day long. You know, they've got their teams so they can constantly be badgering each other. Right? You've got a, a public conversation with clients over here and you got the private conversation with your team over here. That actually is a strength that will allow our industry to uh, move forward and really continue to work on that culture. But you do have to make sure it's intentional. You know, if culture isn't built from the top down, it grows from the bottom up. So you, you have to decide where you want to go and make sure you put plans in place to get there. You know, I, I couldn't agree with your last comment more. If it doesn't start at the top, um, you know, it's having it come from the bottom up could give you a completely different uh, result than what you were expecting. And I'm certainly learning a lot from your insights, Carl. Thank you. So, um, We've examined uh, what the new normal may look like in the near future, and it's important uh, you know, to remain positive while working uh, to achieve our desired outcomes. So um, Caroline, uh, let's start with you. Uh, what advice can you share to inspire and more importantly, energize our listeners uh, to create winning cultures? I can tell you what I'm using to inspire myself and my team members is we are all in this together. Um, I went through the recession of 2008 and as a company, we were pretty unscathed on what going through any kind of downturn. We actually grew during that time. And I think with, with this, it feels so much different because it wasn't just one industry. This, this is all of us. And I think remembering that we're all in this together and that every morning we're going to get up and we're going to put one foot in front of the other and we're going to eat that elephant or whale one bite of the time and take take what the day hands us and, and do what, do the best we can do with it. And our best will get us through it. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Carl, let's um, have you uh, leave us by weighing in with final thoughts here. <laughs> well, uh, again, I you know, for me, culture is pretty much uh, the most important thing you can do in your business. And, you know, part of it is 
again, the, the communication, you need to make sure that you're very open about that, what, what your goals are, where you do, you're going, how to get there. Make sure that your team is talking about you behind your back. You know, as odd as that sounds, I want my team to have opportunities to, uh, you know, talk about what's going on without me being one of the people on the channel. And that, you know, involves a certain level of faith that I've built a good culture and they're just going to say nice things. <laughs> but, you know, they also need to, to be able to feel free to point out where there might need to be some improvements and so forth. And, you know, in some ways, we're going to argue a lot less because we bump up against each other a lot less. On the other hand, we want to make sure that if there's issues that they do get expressed. And again, from the top down, we need to figure out where we want to go and how we're going to get there. And so I'm just a huge believer of having regular meetings with your team, even if you don't have anything business related to talk about, start with that. How is everybody doing and you know, what's going on and give us your 30 second update uh, just so we know what's going on in your personal life, because we are all human beings dealing with human beings. Gosh, you know, it's been truly a pleasure uh, spending this time with, uh, with you two today, uh, Carl and Caroline. Um, you've shared so much information that, you know, I personally learned a lot from, and I'm sure our listeners are getting a lot out of this as well. Um, this is going to conclude our podcast, and I'm hoping that I can have you two back for a future podcast for the Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity Community. I appreciate your time and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To hear podcasts from all of CompTIA's membership communities, you can download the mobile app or listen in on the website at comptia.org communities.